Also, by the way, this brother was doing push-ups throughout this entire scene. That's that's fucking impossible, right? Like, how many push-ups? <laughs> you can't you can't do forty push-ups. There's no people can't just do forty Humans push-ups. That's can't. fucking it's not insane. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> 40 push-ups. Okay. What are you, Superman? They probably Relax. had a machine or something. They had a jack that they were pushing up and down. Had to <laughs> do all the sound and ADR. It's like a Marvel movie. I don't even so, know why they bothered. And then we got... <laughs> God-awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because I didn't want Netflix recommending good stuff anyway. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. Uh, you know who's a good actor? Who's that? Bad actors, if you think about it, are good actors. There are no bad things. No, like if they go, if you go bad enough, it loops back around like a Pac-Man board. Exactly. It sure the fuck <laughs> does. <laughs> and sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I am amazing, Noah. I am. I'm amazing. <laughs> you I just are watched amazing, the sir. greatest movie we've done and the greatest movie we'll ever do on this show. <laughs> or the not greatest. Yes. Who knows? <laughs> Curiously the same. All right. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched The Unmiracle. It's the story of how the problem of evil is actually the solution of evil. <laughs> and everyone's tall. It's, it's these are not the counter apologetics you're looking for. Jedi hand wave to move. It's, it's the burgundy participation ribbon for Christianity as a movie. <laughs> I have and a bunch Eli, of those. I have a bunch of those. How amazing. <laughs> Was this movie? You can just buy them. You don't even have to participate. It's a fun thing. Sorry, you're not supposed um, to put those up. <laughs> I frame them because I want. Don't. I'm going to take them down. I'm going to go to your house. Stop it. Stop. I'll, if I'll trick you into eating toothpicks, if you do, <laughs> <laughs> it's remarkably easy to do. It is. Well, if you love Christian movies, but you're an absurdist filmmaker from the 1980s with memento disease. You will love this movie. You know how they say that, like, there are certain really great... I'm trying to remember, Still Alice, I think it was the movie and book that's, like, a really amazing insight into what it's like to have early-onset dementia. It has nothing on the unmiracle. <laughs> this movie slowly falls apart piece by piece. And I'm going to venture something here. This may be the best worst Christian movie we've watched. It has... Everything, bad acting, nonsense plot, really terrible messages, everything. We have watched 154 <laughs> Christian movies. You start to get jaded. So when my bad movie sense is awakened, I know we've watched gold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and today we watched real gold. Okay, so I, right away, because this one's on Netflix and... You should definitely watch. If you have any appreciation for terrible movies and why would you be listening to us if you didn't, you should watch this movie. The Unmiracle, this is the Netflix description. The reaction of a small town to the accidental drug overdose of a popular high school girl is explored through seven interwoven storylines. Well, we should be clear. 
the authors of this movie think seven interwoven storylines means this movie has seven characters. <laughs> <laughs> One of which might even have a character arc of some sort. No, 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 no. All right. So is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say best worst hero uh, slash heroine, which is heroin. The <laughs> <Yep>. drug heroin <laughs> is a major protagonist. Uh, an another one is mashed potatoes with a gun and a badge. And another one is a <laughs> baby stealing alcoholic. This will all come together in this movie. We'll get there. Uh, you know, when you wrote, uh, when I saw best worst hero in there, I was like, man, there's like at least four different people he might be talking about. Yeah, it's so hard because every moment of this movie is fucking perfect. Okay, so I've got one here that all the Christian, this is an award that they must give out at the Christian movie Oscars or something like that. This is one that they all strive for. And the Unmiracle manages to take it and by a mile, best worst cancer mom. Yes! <laughs> I mean, for no goddamn reason at all, P.S. I have cancer because I'm the mom. It is the room. Literally that scene in the room where she's like, I've got cancer again, happens in this movie. <laughs> it's even the same looking woman. It's amazing. <laughs> so this one's a little complicated because you got to kind of watch the movie to get it, but I'm going to go with best worst lead billing. So... <laughs> <laughs> When you uh, navigate to this on Netflix, you will see that the image for this movie is of Kevin Sorbo and Stephen Baldwin, who never meet. So it is a Photoshop of Kevin yes. Sorbo and Stephen Baldwin, and they are listed first on the credits for the movie. But Kevin Sorbo and Stephen Baldwin are barely in this. I mean, they they could be technically under fives for this movie. But everything from the credits to the box art, acts like this movie is about them. It's like if all the Marvel movies were promoted like they starred Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've got a lot of interwoven plot lines to get to, I suppose. So we're going to keep the break brief and when we come back, we'll sort our way through all the incoherent dead ends that are the Unmiracle. Hey, everybody. It's me. Stephen Baldwin's hairline. You probably haven't noticed me in any of the movies I've been in because I've been hiding more and more each passing day, like Osama bin Laden. That's why I'm here to tell you about 4 4Hims offers well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No waiting room, no awkward doctor's visits. Save hours by going to 4 But more importantly, you won't end up looking like the world's scariest baby doll. But here's the best part. Gam listeners get a trial month of 4Hims for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash gam. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash gam. 4 slash gam. Because nobody deserves to look like Stephen Baldwin, except Stephen Baldwin. Uh, Mr. Sorbo? Mr. Sorbo! Oh, uh, hey, kid. What's up? Uh, yeah, I'm so excited to meet you. I was I was wondering if you'd be in my Christian movie. Yes. Wait. Yes, I will. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say yes? Yep. Yep. I am in. Uh, what's it called? In fact, you know what? Uh, I don't care. I'm in no matter what. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to shoot next no, month. No, no need. Stop selling, kid. Got a DVD of me saying Jesus words. You just go ahead and use that. We're all set. Oh, Wow, thanks. 
Yeah. And, and you know what? Have this too. It's a DVD of Stephen Baldwin in a hotel room for eight hours. And then he goes to church. So that's uh, that's everything. Yeah, I think uh, I think I can maybe use that. Right. For lead billing. I mean, my friends and I are going to do most of the acting. So, yeah, for lead billing. Lead billing. Yeah, that's what I thought. How many people pee on him in this one? Same as normal. <laughs> Check his rider. <laughs> And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start with the most Illuminati-looking logo these guys could possibly think of. And then we learned that this was based on true events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the first line of the movie is Kevin Sorba talking, and he says, If you told me 20 years ago I'd be here talking about the Bible, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> and then it says, based on a true story. Yes. <laughs> of Kevin Sorbo's career. It's so good. That was Hercules, motherfuckers. Hercules. <laughs> Twelve labors. What? Yeah. Right. Fucking Hydra. I'll get you a Hydra. <laughs> Clean the shit out of a stable. <laughs> and of course, what we know uh, from our experience is that based on true events is Christian movie for nothing will happen in this film. <laughs> So Kevin is a uh, baller-ass high school motivational speaker, and I just guarantee you they just had this footage and based the movie on it. Oh, it's so fucking funny. So he's given this I used to be a user monologue, and they're panning out, and the whole time I'm going like, oh my God, he is in the chair backwards. Please tell me he's in the chair backwards. And they finally pan out, and no, he's sitting on the front of the desk. That is the next step up from on the chair backwards, right? Yeah, it's a backwards chair, front of the desk, uh, standing on the desk. Can we have class outside? That's the official ordering <laughs> in uh, teachers who are going through a hard divorce. <laughs> um, but the but the real message here, the real message that underscores the whole thing is that like it seemed bad to me when I was an alcoholic drug addict that got into a car accident and landed in jail, but it turned out... It was the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. I, I just wrote in my notes, prediction. This movie's message is going to be, when you think about it, terrible things that happened are pretty great. Yep. Yeah. I still have a bunch of herpes, but I found God. I found God. Like, <laughs> I feel like he could have found me a little quicker right before the herpes would have been great. That's fine. That's fine. Sorry. Sorry. Love you, God. We're just taking a dove, maybe a dove on the yeah. windowsill would have done it for me. Oh, I loved I loved his rock bottom story though, where he's yeah he's like yeah I crashed my car, woke up in a jail cell, but there were definitely a few outtakes when he was like I hit rock bottom when fucking Zeno lasted for one more season. And then he, was like, <laughs> <laughs> he started weeping and that yeah, there's just a lot of real Kevin Sorbo in this. <laughs> All right, and so then we get some bucolic B roll for the for the opening credits. Yes. The stock footage that Ted Nugent jerks off to. <laughs> All America. And now after fucking Kevin Sorbo just gave us an opening monologue about Jesus, Stephen Baldwin is giving us a different opening monologue about Jesus. <laughs> We have competing narrators. Anyways, that's my, I'm the narrator yeah, now. I will see. I got to thinking, I bet opening God monologues are to Stephen Baldwin and Kevin Sorbo as winning the fight is to Vin Diesel and The Rock. Right? Like this is a whole big thing. It's just a meeting where everyone's all sweaty and angry. Okay. Okay. We've been in here for three and a half hours. What if you both 
have opening and closing monologues yes. for the movie, okay? <laughs> okay. And Sorbo, you get to go first, but Ka- but Steve, you get to go last. So we even <laughs> it all out. That oh. actually happens. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Baldwin's is way better, though. Baldwin should have won oh that my fight God, if they yes. had that fight. Yes. I want Stephen Baldwin narrating my life. Like, <laughs> he... Is like we can afford that. I'm sure we can afford that. <laughs> no I want him right behind me right now. You're talking into a microphone on a podcast. Like, oh, he's so good. <laughs> it would have taken him a lot longer to get that sentence out. But yes, and that's why you'd need Stephen Baldwin. Jesus Christ. And we see, like, at, we cut immediately from all these bucolic high school shots or whatever to Stephen Baldwin going full Stephen Baldwin in a bar. Oh, <laughs> amazing. He's got a strong three on each arm. it's the best and again this christian movie's version of like the dark life is like a woman in a sleeveless shirt sitting (laughs) next to stephen baldwin well he drinks in a bar and is clearly rich yeah uh uh-huh it feels like they told Stephen baldwin that he was on a reality show about his amazing sex life (laughs) And they told him his voiceover was for a different job and they just fucking put him together. And I don't want to be this guy, but like, if your rock bottom is having sex with two women, keep digging, man. I like, get yes. some good stories out of it. Don't bore me at fucking Thanksgiving with, and that's when I lost my car. What? You lost your fucking, get out of here. Get out of here. Call me when you sucked cum out of a straw that you didn't recognize. Like, I want some good stuff. So. <laughs> it's when the straw is no longer recognizable. That's the line I mean, for you, Eli. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes you're just going to a good straw cum party to celebrate. Oh, man, whose straw free- is this? I need to change my life. This is crazy. <laughs> you get, see? Heath gets it. <laughs> also, is this where we get high school Heath filling up her water bottle with vodka? I believe yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> okay, just for the record. Pouring vodka into a water bottle to go to high school is not alcoholism. That is called high school. That is normal. (laughs) Judgy. Okay, that's on the record now. (laughs) Also, real quick, circling back, do you think those felching parties are doing uh, metal straws now because of the thing? There's this new trend. Oh, right. I wonder. Some guy's like, ooh, ooh, cold, cold. This is the worst. This is the worst. (laughs) We're being green. We went green (laughs) for the party. We said that. The worst. (laughs) All right, so now we're going to meet a totally different character that is neither Kevin Sorbo nor Stephen Baldwin, and he's passed out on a couch, and he wakes up to war, to to movie war PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. Hey, hey dude, you you screaming the word medic? (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens. And look, I know that this is movie PTSD, but this is the most movie PTSD oh, yes. of any movie. It's just like, no matter what happens, this guy farts and he like punches his own asshole. <laughs> like, ah, Charlie in the bushes. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so this guy is, is I don't big. want to laugh about that, but yeah, no, I, as I was watching this, I'm like, fuck, man, we're going to have to make fun of a lot of PTSD, don't, aren't we? Don't uh, make PTSD be, funny, guys. God yeah, damn. yeah, but it's their fault, though. It's Kevin Sorbo and Stephen Baldwin's fault, if you think about it. They shouldn't it. have done such a funny job. So this is older brother, little brother, who I have as the love child of Matt Damon and the hot lady mouse from Secret of Nim is there to wake him up and get the full brunt of his PTSD, I guess. 
So, and this character, by the way, mouse person, that is Danny. The uh, PTSD brother of his is Mike, uh, who yes. I have as uh, poor man's Ryan Felipe. Uh, I have him as poor man's James Vanderbeek. Okay. Okay. Um, interesting. Does this guy, to you guys, in any way bear uh, a striking resemblance, in fact, to David A.R. White? Did not, you find that? Not at no, all. No, he doesn't. Was, Heath, why, why would not you bring at that all? up? <laughs> okay, that, that's weird. Why, why did I use that exact language, striking resemblance? Because according to the only item on the IMDb trivia page, which was clearly submitted by David A.R. White, <laughs> this... Chiseled Ryan Phillippe looking yes. actor looks yes. just like David A.R. White. Weird. They're both in Christian movies. Huh. So cool. What? Yeah, and I, we should point out that like Mike cannot act for for anything, but he is a spectacularly good looking guy, um, and therefore doesn't look anything at all like David well, A.R. White. He's a spectacularly good looking guy that shaved off all his hair and replaced it with like an American girl doll from the 16th century <laughs> Germany. Like, is it just these weird long ringlets of blonde hair cascading over a very masculine face? It's fucking bizarre. He is very beautiful. Sexy Looks like all a, a as dog yeah. shat carpet onto the top of his head. It's very strange. <laughs> but Eli's not bitter. But meanwhile, he's just like drinking whiskey out of a jar for no reason. Yeah. His brother's like, hey, man, you want to use a glass for your breakfast whiskey? No, jar, jar, like a numb. I'm a jarhead. I'm a Marine. Jar. Oh, Jesus. And then, but also he's got, I don't know, they do this in a lot of movies. He's got crushed up beer cans strewn about yeah. on his table. and it, People don't crush up beer cans in despair as much as movies <laughs> seem to think. Like, What? Why would you do that? Now, okay, so the key action, of course, in this scene, though, is brother's got beers and alcohol and pills all over his apartment, you know, for the because of the PTSD. And little brother, when when big brother goes to the bathroom, little brother steals a couple of his pills. Yep. Right. What? what? His SSRI pills? Yeah. Yes. Right. Do you steal those for recreational use? <laughs> Antipsychotics are the best highs. Let me tell you. <laughs> Just do not take lines medical of Prozac. Can you, can you do that? <laughs> this party's great. I feel extra normal. I, <laughs> I still have the right amount of serotonin. This is right? the best. Like, My what? mood is so fucking balanced right now. My mood is so fucking balanced. <laughs> so, all right. So now we cut to Danny of the SSRI party. And this is where we're going to meet uh, Penny Lane, right? This is Kayla, the, the, the drug girl. Oh, girl Heath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she is um thank you eli i appreciate that <laughs> well see now i have all these jokes about how they were going for pretty and missed and i can't use them because you've dubbed her as girl heath and heath is thank you quite Noah, lovely. for skipping those <laughs> she, <laughs> is, she looks like a cabbage patch doll had a bad 90s right it like does. A, she like does. the child she totally does the ex-child okay. movie star of cabbage patch dolls right like all an right. all the way grown-up garbage pail kid i get it yep all the way, just a garbage person. <laughs> okay. Well, I had a good 90s, so it's not about exactly. So She's not Baby Heath because she looks like you. She's Baby Heath because she's an alcoholic. <laughs> so, now, apparently Danny was stealing these pills for her, and she thanks him with the weird gay dude and a lesbian kiss of Christian moviedom. Oh, they practically gag on the way out. Uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yummy. Let's do that again next year. 
And of course, this is all happening under the backdrop of a Christian imagining of a teenage party, which is always amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. They, ha- they actually had to mute the audio at the beginning of this scene of like keg party talking. They had to mute that because they got it definitely wildly wrong. It was just like, <laughs> we are defying authority. Bad kid. I'm a bad kid. Bad kid. Bad kid. <laughs> like they didn't know. They had no idea what to do. Yeah, we've got all the Christian movie stereotypes here. We've got a solo cups, <laughs> the red solo cups of sin, of, damn it. of death and um, <laughs> blurriness, blurriness. Well, right. No, blurriness is important. Everybody's playing that classic drinking game of everyone drinks all the alcohol they have in front of them. Right. Go. And it's called go. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> They had Stephen Baldwin and Kevin Sorbo in yeah, his cast. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you know, someone asked some questions and got some lies in return. <laughs> Kevin, Steve, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, All in right. Jesus' name, man. Happy to be here. So uh, we're working on the big drug scene at the beginning. I mean, mm. I have some Molly. If you want to play, we can. Steve, uh, uh, no, uh, the, no. no. Yeah, so and 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 I hope it's not too far, but I I know you guys were big TV and movie stars, and I was wondering, uh huh, uh, wondering what? Uh, he wants an autograph, Kevin. Come here, kid. I'll sign your tits. Just no, get him out. Uh, no, stop resisting. No, stop. I, I want stop. I wanted to know what what drugs are like. Oh. Um. Yeah. Sorry, kiddo. You know when I was Hercules. I was drug-free. No idea. You were? Yep, totally. Never did any drugs. Just good, clean, Hercules, 90s TV show fun. Oh. Yeah, yeah, me me, me too. Mr. Baldwin? Yeah, I, I never did no drugs ne- neither. Really, Mr. Baldwin? You never did any drugs? Nope, straight today. as Tom Cruise. Um, famously closeted gay man, Steve Tom Cruise's. Really? I met him at a party once. Didn't seem gay. Okay. All right. Well, I parked it, his it, car. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I don't want to disagree okay. with you, Mr. Baldwin, but you have, you have white powder all over the bottom of your nose, right? So uh, that was powdered, thinking, powdered sugar. Yeah. That craft mm, had donuts. Really? Craft service had nose donuts. No, I, I was there. He ate like. Eight donuts. Yep. You know what? I'll just wing it. I I ate this many. That's eight, bud. Yeah. This many. Eight fingers. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Now, now, Kayla, the Penny Lane character, she's just going around the party doing all the drugs alphabetically. Um, This is where we meet Stiletto. Stiletto! <laughs> Already, this is the best movie we watched because they have a white villain named Stiletto. What what race should the villain named Stiletto be, Eli? I mean, after 154 movies, blah. (laughs) (laughs) And what I love about Stiletto is, okay, so he's basically, he's Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused, but with no, like, self-awareness from the writers. Yep, right? He's just like, oh man, he's so cool. He's 25 and still going to high school parties. (laughs) Yep, and he has 
enormous lines of coke on the table. Piles. Yes. yes. Like cocoons. Like he was about to make coke flavored pancakes in a large batch for the whole party. It's over the top. And uh, I don't think they know what cocaine is because it makes him tired and slightly annoyed and pensive. It's melancholy coke. Yes, right. That that coke's really hitting me. I could use a a nap and a bubble bath. <laughs> yeah. Does, does anybody have any Ritalin, which is wildly different than cocaine? Because that would be perfect. I would like to trade for some Ritalin. And yeah. that's what happens next. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, she she trades him Ritalin for cocaine. And, and, and yeah, that's a great deal for him. And then she gets some heroin <laughs> and heads to the bathroom to overdose to death. Now, we should point out that through most of this party, like, all of a sudden, Stephen Baldwin cuts in with more monologue. He's like, wait, I wasn't done. Hold on. <laughs> you know what else I just remembered about Jesus? Life <laughs> is like a box of chocolate. Nope, can't use that. <laughs> Come back to me. Come back to me. It's so crazy. He comes in so violently with the narration here, too. It's so aggressive. Like, he could dive through the glass of this house into the party and be less intrusive, <laughs> giving this weird speech. And here, okay, here's some of the exact words because this needs to be repeated. All of them are amazing. Yeah, please. Okay. He says, the blind lead the blind through the dizzying maze of childhood. How easy to revel in the temple of youth. But all the glitters is not gold. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. All the glitters. (laughs) All the glitters. Is not gold, is the exact line. That is my ringtone, by the Hell way, from yes, now on for is. everything, is Stephen Baldwin saying, all the glitters is not gold. Bing, all the glitters is not gold. Some of you knit, please put that into a pillow or a scarf that Heath can wear. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so, okay, now Kayla comes out of the bathroom and she's overdosing to death, so everyone starts leaving the party, but, like, comically... And then Stiletto has to come in and convince the boyfriend not to call 911 over the overdose, right? Which yeah. he does as though he's delivering his opening arguments. Dude, she just did a bit too much heroin. You're being a bitch. Don't feel the vibe. <laughs> I'm on all this cocaine and I'm really mellow right now. And just like, so, yes. Calling the cops would really wreck that for me. <laughs> but then... But then Stiletto gives, he launches into this crazy speech about why very specifically they can't call the cops. And it makes no sense. He's like, no cops. She'll get arrested and we'll get arrested and we'll, we'll never get into college and also not get financial aid if we did get into college. Which, which we is won't. Contra- so- but also in that second <laughs> scenario, we'll, we'll be at college, but we'll have to, to get campus jobs, which... It'll mean less time for studying, and then we'll do badly on the LSATs <laughs> if we go pre-law because we'll have the less time studying in the second scenario where we did get into college. I remember originally I said we didn't, but don't call <laughs> It's so fucking because clearly this is this movie's writer thinking, what would a bunch of teenagers say if they didn't want the cops to come financial aid for college? Yeah, exactly. All right, so sometime later, the party's cleared out. There's a nerdy kid that we haven't introduced yet. You know how when you're having a big drug party, you invite the nerdy kid who doesn't do drugs to sit there and say things like, this party's getting out of hand? (laughs) He was filling this. He was the designated asshole. Yeah, the designated narc. Yeah, exactly. 
So he'd left for some reason to bring somebody home or whatever. He comes back. Everyone's left the party, but Danny is still there and he's holding this nearly dead overdose girl on the kitchen floor going, I don't know, this look all right to you. I was going to eat it, but it's past the date. <laughs> She might as well be attached to a flatlining heart monitor. And he's like, huh? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Turn her on her side. <laughs> Did you slap her yet? Yeah, oh, right. Slapped right. <laughs> Nerd yeah. guy knows just what to do. Slapping. Slapping is the number one cause of healing during overdose. Yes. Remember that, everybody. <laughs> and then somebody goes, hey, did she do that heroin you gave her? And it's like, no, she just made it appear in my wallet. <laughs> yeah, like she, no, she she didn't do the drugs at the high school party. She just made it appear, Matt. She did magic. No, she's making a, no, she's she making a montage at them. home with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, but nerd kid, he calls the cops. So then we cut to the hospital where instead of like looking something up or asking a doctor, we get this weird overlay audio montage of partial explanations that don't have enough words to be wrong. And look, can we just give this movie credit where credit is due? The casting of a bad mom in this movie is perfect. This woman looks like every bad mom in the history of bad moms. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I wrote this woman looks exactly like all my high school girlfriend's moms. So. <laughs> I mean... Says a lot about me. <laughs> the shoe fits. Have sex with its kids. Yes. She's pretty good. It's, it's Kim Davis with a bigger mustache. That's, that's <laughs> what we're looking at. And then we get this gigantic, perfectly round Michelin <laughs> man of a police officer. Officer Soft Pretzel. <laughs> oh, he makes me so happy. He's the he fucking... Makes, he's, the, the greatest is it's Farva Light. If you remember, <laughs> Super, it's, it's, I don't know about light. Oh uh, yeah, Farva heavier maybe. If anything, yeah, he looks like Private Pile doing mall security. Like that's what happened. <laughs> that's the character we're getting. Oh my the god, the greatest. He's so amazing. So he goes in and he's like. Hey, can I talk to you about your daughter almost dying? And she's like, you want to arrest my daughter? You want to arrest young children for selling the drugs that just almost killed my... F hold on, wait, hold on. I'm mad at you. I'm sure for... Oh, fuck. You're going to put my baby in jail? Because you can't. She's in this bed. She's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't get fit into jail. This scene ends with her being like, "You, you're, it's your fault for arresting kids for heroin possession and he's like you are right i am gonna go i i did not know that being a cop was gonna involve being yelled at <laughs> <laughs> and he runs off to the bathroom to cry he that does. is the intro of our hero character is he though <laughs> is anyone the hero is there a main character in this film Anyway, yeah, so he goes to the bathroom to gather himself together. At one point in this, he slaps himself, and he clearly slapped himself a little too hard. Oh, my God, it's amazing. <laughs> he stops and, like, calls cut. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 is it okay? Is it okay? Is there blood? You're looking in a mirror, man. But is there is there blood, like, where I can't see? Because <laughs> there's parts. There's a lot of my face I can't see, guys. <laughs> Might as well fill up a sock with soap and start hitting himself with it. It's so good. <laughs> Ow, oh, I did liquid soap. This was stupid. It's in my eye. It's definitely in my eye. 
It didn't hurt as much as it normally would, but it, now it does afterwards because it leaked out. You're supposed to do hard soap. So he's in the bathroom slapping himself in the face going, protected surf, protected surf, protected surf. And all of a sudden, the nerd kid who called 911 shows up in the bathroom. <laughs> to, to do nothing, to not no. use the bathroom. He just walks in and he's like, oh, cool. Can you mind if I look in this other part of this mirror next to you? I'm just going to do Cool. If I ever walked in on a cop doing this, I would shit myself. Yes. All right. I'd or like, any oh. armed man doing this, really. Yeah, the guy with the gun is having him break down. I'm just gonna I wanted him to like tiptoe back out of the bathroom, just like, <laughs> oh <laughs> nobody here but us ghosts. Or just, start, <laughs> just start sliding his feet out into a wide stance. No, okay, no, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Thought we had a thing going. But don't worry, they will. They will oh, have yes. some sexual yes. tension momentarily, these two characters. Oh, oh and no throughout. Question. So the cop drives Aaron home because apparently we're just following whatever character we met last at this point, right? And, you know, they're having a totally normal conversation of a full-grown man and a child talking about pussy. You know? <laughs> Not at all the beginning of a sexual predatory relationship. Oh, my. The guy's basically like, so like that Kayla chick. Would you fuck her? I mean, because uh -huh. you're her age. If I was her age, I'd fuck her. I'd fuck her. You got any pictures? <laughs> she ever sent you like a picture that you could like maybe send me? <laughs> Some of her private stuff? Like, because I'm not, she won't accept my friend request now because she's overdosed. Yeah. So, and, and, but the cop wants him to tell him who gave her the drugs so that he can arrest them for giving her the drugs. And he's like, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to narc out my friends. And his response is, I could put you in witness protection. <laughs> well, let's be just he's like, you don't have to fear those kids. We can protect you. Like, yeah, you're going to put a 16 year old. You're going to set him up with a new eye. What the fuck are you talking about? All right. You're an insurance salesman. in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> now, who sold that non felonious amount of drugs to that girl? <laughs> yeah, right. But then out of nowhere, he becomes like weirdly tough and like a loyal criminal at the same time. Yeah, He's what? Like, Fuck you, Attica. Attica, man. Attica. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not afraid <laughs> of cops or high school drug kingpins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then he adds to that. I only fear God. Right. And to prove it, he shows us his baller ass WWJD bracelet. <laughs> yeah. And then we get one of my favorite lines in this whole fucking movie, which is where the cop turns to him and says, wow, being a Bible thumper and straight edge can't make you very popular. And, and I point that out because, like, the, the Christians always get the arrow of causality the wrong way here, right? Like, <laughs> the fact that you already were an asshole is what made you a Bible thumper and straight edge, right? Like, anybody <laughs> who doesn't want to do drugs, that's fine. But when you start telling everybody about all the drugs you don't do, it's because you're an asshole. It's not like this happens to popular people at a certain point, right? Popular guy finds Jesus and suddenly nobody likes him. No, you were already an asshole. Right. You were already an asshole and the Bible study after school cookies and juice became appealing enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say fucking cookies and juice? I am in. <laughs> and a victim. Yeah. So but the cop tries to play bad cop with him, but there's just no cracking Aaron the nerd. Right. Yeah. The, the cop's like, no, seriously, um, a girl might die. You should probably tell me about the, the heroin. And he's like, 
oh, she might die, kind of like a certain carpenter died when some cops nailed him to a cross <laughs> in Judea. All right, man. Just for, his name was <laughs> Jesus. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> Traded on New York Stock Exchange. All right, it's in New York. <laughs> and then, okay, so he gets him home, and and I normally I would just skip over this, except that we all have a note about it about how long the cop watches this kid leave. Oh, Ugh. you mean the nine-minute long shot of the cop's eyes God. following him to his home? Yes. Gross. <laughs> like, the, he might as well whistle at him like a cat call, and the kid starts <laughs> shaking his ass down the side. It's so gross. Me and Heath saw that happen. It happens. Oh, me? What? This <laughs> ass? <laughs> All right, so Ugh. now this movie's about that cop, apparently. So we follow him to his next call. His next call is someone attacked and tried to kidnap their toddler, but they <laughs> chased him down and got the kid back. Now, this will <laughs> sort of tie into something, but at this point, I'm just writing in my notes, is that what someone shouted in the writer's room and they said, what crime might he respond to next? Somebody Kidnapping. I, 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 I just, I want to go to Kidnapped. an improv show with that motherfucker, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I need a profession. Kidnapper. Oh, okay, I get it now. You are baby kidnapper. Uh ice uh, agent. I heard ice agent baby kidnapper. Got it. So uh, <laughs> All right. So now the fat guy has to go really do some cool cop stuff with a gun. But it turns out that this would-be kidnapper is PTSD Mike. What? Right now it's come full circle. You see, the the the, the storylines are interwoven now. And the Pillsbury Cop Boy is, uh, I'm going to say it, a little starstruck yes. that Mike from high school is the kidnapper he's there to arrest. <laughs> he literally opens it up by this, by going, well, I heard you joined the mill. You know, <laughs> short for military. Are you ah, too lazy mill. for the Atari? Oh, and Mike's like, Letary? Yeah, say out the whole thing. You're, you're, you're being really weird. Like, I tried to kidnap a child about 10 minutes ago, and you're somehow creepy right now. <laughs> so, yeah, and there's this really, like, celebrity moment where he's going, so, um, I, I mean, I gotta ask you about the Snatching Kids and shit. I hate to, but I have to. <laughs> I, again, oh. it, he's like, I'm so sorry to bring this up. Did you, did you attack a child? Because, like, I'm sure, I'm sure you have a great reason, and I feel like a fucking asshole for asking, but like, it's my job, right? Yeah, so apparently Mike accidentally took his kidnapping meds instead of his PTSD meds, so he went out grabbing toddlers like you do. It's the most pleasant, casual back and forth <laughs> about a child kidnapping I've ever seen. And you've seen a lot of really pleasant I've had ones, a lot, really. Yeah, yeah I mean, like really for most one. people, that wouldn't be a big deal. But for Eli, it, it really is. Me and James well, Woods, yeah. And, and by pleasant, <laughs> you just mean silence. We're done. It was just like, I heard you tried to kidnap a child. Yup. Okay. Uh, okay, okay, moving on, apparently. Uh, so, cool. Well, you're, you're, you're a wrestler, right? What? <laughs> In the, high school? The interaction <laughs> actually goes like this. Uh did you try to kidnap a child? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Soldiers are heroes. Directly yep. to camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, okay, well, I'm going to go. You promise not to kidnap anybody. Seriously, though, I, I got to know if you're going to do that. And then Mike falls asleep and the cop 
And the cop salutes him. Salutes his sleeping body. I wrote in my notes, I can hear Noah laughing from here. (laughs) Well, then he stands there for a really long fucking time. Like 8% of this movie to this point is a fat guy staring at people for a long time after the scene is over. I thought he was going to start to sing like, and a proudly masturbating. And a dick out there. Does anyone have a straw? A metal straw, please. We're going to fuck about handicapped people. Um, And because we saw him fall asleep, we must now watch Mike wake up. Danny's waking him up, but, you know, because of the PSD, he's waking him up by poking him with a long stick. Right, but he has like nine step PTSD. He's like, oh, wake up, grab the hockey stick, trip you with the hip throw, go yeah. into the kitchen, make myself a quick breakfast, eat a quick breakfast. Ah, and then like just before he does damage, he's like, oh, sorry. It was my lightning quick reflexes that involved taking two pills and having a quick eggs benedict. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when a Marine with PTSD says, hey, Wake me up with a stick because that's safer. Maybe, like, don't use a rifle with a bayonet to poke them away. Like, maybe, maybe use a pillow or some any other, like, just dangling Throw. nunchucks on his face trying to tickle him <laughs> with the pin of a grenade. Like, no, dude, dude use, use a pillow. So, yeah, but Danny's there to see if he wants to come to church ostensibly, but he's really there to ask for some brotherly advice. And he gives this stick. Stupid fucking, I've got a friend who did a stupid thing and someone got hurt, but there are no details, question mark. (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) the casual, so Tuesdays, right? When your girlfriend ODs on heroin, you know, (laughs) the huge... It's the best. I love how long it took Big Brother Marine to understand the story because it was like, yeah, my girlfriend got pretty wasted. And he's like, nice, nice. <laughs> no, no, but like, it, I mean, sloppy. Like it was, she's, it was, it was really gross. Yeah, nice. she did. Sloppy, <laughs> wasted. Puke nope. on her I, hair, wasted. No, nice. no, she went to the hospital. She went to the hospital. Wow. Hospital sex. <laughs> what? You fuck her in the bed. Okay. No, no. They, they, he does indicate that he used to date rape people, right? He's like, oh, I remember her older sister. There was she got so wasted one time. Uh, I'll tell you that story later. And I don't want to be like, sorry, did, is that is that did story you, about date rape? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it I, is. I'm really not explaining this well. I feel like it's overdosed on heroin. The date rape. It's not clear what I'm saying. This it's <laughs> bad. It was bad, brother. Look, bit. You need to understand. The question is, did I rape here? So <laughs> item one. <laughs> No, but but eventually the brother realizes that there's some need for brotherly advice. So he follows up the meaningless non-question with a meaningless non-answer, right? He just gives this, there's a, a thing in the Marines that we call honor. And honor is a word that starts with H and is followed by an O. Do you know what I mean? It, it, that like He goes on like that for like three or four fucking minutes and then... And during this, this this talk about courage and honor and other military words, we see like the fat cop pulling out his old what would Jesus do bracelet and the nerd kid praying. Because look, being a soldier is like wearing a bracelet and talking to your invisible friends. Now, I will say that this is the most realistic part of the movie, which is sitting next to a Marine who is talking about something you don't understand at all. 
but you're aware they're mentally ill, so you want to let them finish. It's the most <laughs> accurate part of it. <laughs> yeah, man. Fucking my lie. Absolutely born in 87. My lie. <laughs> so, Who lied? And I, th- <laughs> and I think the movie's trying to say that Christians are like Marines. Like yep. they go through the same tough thing as Marines. And the Christians live by a code, just like Marines. Like, yep. But what's actually be- what's actually being said is Christians are soldiers with PTSD from a war they made up. Like, <laughs> they're PTSD from the war on Christmas is what I'm getting yes! from this movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also, by the way, this brother was doing push-ups throughout this entire scene. That's that's fucking impossible, right? Like, how many push-ups? <laughs> you can't you can't do forty push-ups. There's no people can't just do forty Humans push-ups. That's can't. fucking it's not insane. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> 40 push-ups. Okay. What is Superman? They probably Relax. had a machine or something. They had a jack that they were pushing up and down. I had to <laughs> do all the sound and ADR. It's like a Marvel movie. I don't even know so, why they bothered. And then we got <laughs> to Stephen Baldwin lying in bed. Stephen Baldwinning. I can describe it in no other way. He's supposed to be sleeping, right? And you know there was a whole big conversation where they kept going, Stephen, no, like you're sleeping like this, like this. No, like you're sleeping. No, like this. I don't. Do you sleep with your shoes on your feet pointed straight up in the air and your goddamn mouth wide open? Yes. You never know when Alex going to call and ask me to be in a movie with him. Yeah, you do. I wrote my notes as we're watching this, like (laughs) zoom in on him with his silly little monologue. I was like, this man has no orifice that a fly could crawl into that would guarantee a reaction. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. But what was happening here? So they're showing us. This is crazy. They're showing us his dream, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Uh Okay. Was he not having a dream about little uh, demon girls setting up a Christmas tree in a field right before he abducts them. I mean, <laughs> yes! is that not, I mean there was sure. no other way. And he's narrating that with nonsense slam poetry that he clearly wrote and insisted on being in the movie. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and guess Steve Baldwin somehow got a hold of the footage for this movie and just inserted this part. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, we have footage of Stephen Baldwin, the actor, just lost in front of a green screen. I promise. He's just like, whoa, wait. <laughs> But you said there'd be pictures. Steve, there will be pictures afterwards. There are no pictures. I could see it's just green. Steve, there will be pictures. There's no pictures. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy in the unitard? I'm gonna punch him in the face. Is that Alec? If I can make, if I can make my body move at normal speed, I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> yes, so. Are you here for my birthday? So <laughs> so sad. Stephen Baldwin is so sad. He really is the sad. If I saw Stephen Baldwin, there are lots of Christian movie actors where I'd be like, hey man, fuck you, you movies suck. If I saw Stephen Baldwin, I would ignore him and tell him I had no change. That's what I'm pretty (laughs) sure I would do if I ran into Stephen Baldwin. There's a hotline you can call. (laughs) Yeah, so Stephen Baldwin gets done dreaming that he was in a Terrence Malick movie. And then we cut to Danny <laughs> going to the police to narc out all his friends. Now, before he, he comes in, he's like, hi, I want to turn myself in for a crime. And they're like, we are busy. So <laughs> you sit there for a minute. We're in no hurry. 
for that. There must be a hell of a line to turn yourself in for Sarah heroin. She's just like, okay, sir, sir, I need you to take a number and then go sit over there, sir. Do you have your form 384Y? Well, then you need to go to the back of the line, sir. No, I cannot wait for you to fill it out. Do you have, do you have eight forms of ID? No, who has eight forms of ID? What would those be? Can you name those? All right, so, but meanwhile, while he's waiting to turn himself in, Mackenzie, Officer Doughboy, is getting chewed out for not copping hard enough in one of the greatest dialogues ever oh my God. fashioned for film. <laughs> he needs to bust more high school parties? <laughs> yeah. and But it starts with like, hey, man, um, so I'm the chief and uh, I need to talk to you about something. Did you deal with the child assaulter slash attempted kidnapper and he's like yeah no he's he's cool he's sleeping it off he's sleeping <laughs> yes okay he's sleeping off the child assault and kidnapping uh yes okay i just want to repeat the words again so you hear them you're you're a police officer i'm a police officer i'm your boss you let a child assaulter go with a friendly warning did you <laughs> Did you give him a noogie at least? <laughs> I did not. Get out. Uh, You're the worst. Well, and we should point out that there is there are so many good ways you could chew out a cop for, like, you know, giving somebody a firm warning for the kidnapping. This guy doesn't manage to find one of them, though. Uh, is one of them painting a word picture of their future friendship? I just <laughs> It got real weird real quick. Get the marshmallows out of your face aside because we're going to get to that, right? That's a line in this movie. That, yep. that aside, he paints this guy the most bizarre sexual. He's like, we're going to end up in the unemployment line together, Mackenzie. Is that what you want? You want to live our lives in that way? Like this cop has very weird motivation tactics. Sir, it was just a misunderstanding. Oh, it better be. Because if it's not, you and I are going to be on the line for this. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Sorry. And then you and I are going to lose our jobs. No, I know. I know. I'm very, very sorry about no, that. No, no, no. We're going to sit in an unemployment line together. We're going to go for lunches, talk about the good old days. Finally, after a hard workout one day in the showers, I'll notice you staring. Or maybe I'll just hope uh, I notice. Either way, I'll what? feel feelings I've never felt before, Wait, Mackenzie. I, I'm I'm sorry. What? We'll go back to your place. The usual excuses, what? have a few beers, hang out. Happening. But we'll both know why we're going. Tension hanging in the air between us like a promise. And then we'll make love, Mackenzie. We'll make love in a way that'll help Are me you? understand why it's called making love. No more awkward fumbling or wondering why it doesn't feel right. Just two bodies joined as one. Do you understand, Mackenzie? Uh, okay. Uh, this is... Uh, this is and the next morning, I'm going to leave rude. without uh, saying I a word. I mean, you'll text, but I won't answer. Okay. And sure, eventually I'll come to uh, accept my sexuality, and I'll know I'll have you to thank for it, but I'll never get up the courage to tell you and apologize, Mackenzie. And then years later, when I'm with a real partner, a partner our connection helped me find, we'll run into each other. We'll lock eyes. We'll both know, and we'll both look away. Is that what you want, Mackenzie? Uh, no. Sir, I, I don't want to lose my job, help you discover your, your sexuality, and then be ghosted by you. Is that the scenario? Get your ass out of my office. You give weird pep talks. Can I give you that note? <laughs> 
that was one of my favorite. Like of, of all the doodly doos I've ever read, Eli, that was one of my favorites. I can't believe you got through that with a straight face. Well done, sir. So anyway, like you were saying before the doodly do, one of the lines in this film <laughs> is the chief turning to Officer Pudge and saying, and I quote, get the marshmallows out of your face and make some arrests. <laughs> and it's like, this is serious. Get those marshmallows out of your face. <laughs> yes. You can't you can't yell those two sentences back to back. Like you, that doesn't work in a boss yelling situation. <laughs> I just wanted to cut to him. He's got a bunch of marshmallows in his face. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. He's playing Chubby Bunny while he's talking to him. <laughs> but I got 22. You're just mad because I won. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, we will be playing Chubby Bunny at the London Live Show. You no, can... we will not. <laughs> and, and I'm so, going to eat a bunch of marshmallows. Well, yeah, no, there, won't be that. <laughs> there won't be that. Every um, day is Chubby Bunny when you're me. <laughs> <laughs> I always right. win. So they've got, so, so he finishes chewing him out, but he has to chase him down and chew him out some more so that as the uh, Officer McKenzie, the, the fat cop, is walking out into the waiting room, Danny can overhear him say, and find out where that Kayla girl got the drugs. If she dies, we'll charge whoever that is with homicide. I'm sorry, son. Did you want to turn yourself for in for something? He's like, no, <laughs> I did. I did not want to. I want to reveal a major plot point right outside of my police officer's office. I'll do a stage whisper. This is a homicide. <laughs> <Girl> <laughs> dies. Don't don't tell any main characters. Hey, kid, kid, come here. He's a little bit further away from me. Will you go tell him that it's homicide if the girl dies? So, so Danny runs off to the random patch of forest where Dino lives. I thought okay. I'd yeah. find you here at this beaver dam. What? He, he's hiding on top of a pot. Yeah, basically a beaver. It's a giant pile of wood. Like somebody wrote. The woods as a setting note, and this is what they came up with. They were like, the woods. We piled a lot of well, wood. Up. Like, he might as well be dressed up like a stump to hide <laughs> in the wood pile. It's so dumb. Um, And then, okay, and now Stiletto shows up because apparently everyone knows this is the beaver dam to be at when you're hiding oh. from the cops. <laughs> and the, by the way, there is this amazing moment where he goes, I gave her some of my brother's pills and he's just acting his heart out. And Dino, who I call thin stranger things or thinner things goes, your brother has pills. Like he's just like, totally like oh, how many milligrams? Like, do you know what he's charging for? You know what? We'll talk later. We'll talk about bad, bad, yeah, bad time. Bad, bad time. But I love their reaction when, when Stiletto first pulls out his knife, he's like, okay, we're taking a blood oath. And then he actually pulls out a knife. They're like, Oh, you meant literally like, Blood? Like, are we? Are we, are we building a tree? Are we building a tree fort with no girls allowed? What the fuck's happening? Why don't we all just agree? Is that okay? Can we all just agree? You know, I can still lie to you, even if our blood mixed, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Don't you have hepatitis? Yeah. 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 For Caesar, Caesar's. It's cool. So, all right. So now Stiletta goes to fuck up that nerd kid. Right. To rattle him a little bit to make sure he's not going to narc. Yeah. But it doesn't work because he's hard as fucking nails. The nails that crucified our savior. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and then, of course, just as he's got him up against the wall, the cop shows up. Right. The fat cop shows up. 
So Stiletto has to let him go. And the cop is like, I'm sorry, man. Did you want to finish getting beat up? I didn't want to. best. He's like, uh, was I interrupting anything? And he's like, yeah, an assault. Aren't you a fucking cop? <laughs> no, I mean, we, we all, all the cops, we were huddled around our main character radar. And we just saw three of you were right there. <laughs> we figured. The fugitive forest with the beaver dam. So here we are. It was pretty obvious it's so, called a fugitive forest. We knew you were there. Well, yeah, was, so we had the radar. So. <laughs> but then but then the narc kid comes up to the, the window of the cop car like weirdly flirty, was he not? Yes. Oh yes. absolutely. Creep like this and this again, this keeps going throughout the movie, but he's like, Hello, Officer Bob. Did you you, you come to this curb spot office? <laughs> I feel like he's going to start talking about how much money he can loan him for a blowjob. It was very <laughs> absurd. <laughs> also, it's, this whole scene is super flirty, right? He's like, yeah. yeah, my boss told me to lie to you about like getting you to tell me about the drugs, but you're just so awesome. So awesome. <laughs> I, I got a bracelet so we match. Like, is yes. it dumb that we're that <laughs> matching couple, or is it like cute? I don't know. Not, <laughs> well, and dumb. then like, as if that's not bad enough. Like, they start off talking like the kids leaning into the car window and talking, but then like all of a sudden they're both like leaned over the top of the car, and you can only see the tops of their faces, and it's this little cutesy thing going on between they, them. It's they, bizarrely sexual. They might as well be lying on the hood of the car looking up at the stars. Just like, <laughs> can I ask you a question? Yeah, it's anything. Such, it's such a violent cut, too. Just and then like different impossible flirty poses mid-sentence. Like then the then the cops just like dropping down upside down like Spider-Man and they kiss and like all right, and so now it's time to check it. You remember Kayla's mom, that very important character? You were probably wondering Bad what mom. was going on with her. Yeah, so we cut to the hospital, and now Kayla's sister is showing up because we need more characters in this movie. <laughs> and you could tell Cassie's bad because she has dyed hair and a nose ring. And a nose. She is <laughs> nose ring wild, y'all. Teardrop tattoos, <laughs> blurred out face. Bad yeah. guy scarring. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the mom turns to her and she says, oh, my goodness, Kayla took every drug in the book, Cassie. I'm like, you guys need a bigger book of drugs, okay? Every drug in the book. Everyone. Baby laxative. Benadryl. Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, Benadryl will fuck you right up. I'm just, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. And, of course, they also talk about a estranged dad here because we need to allude to yet another character. <laughs> yeah, Deadbeat dad hasn't picked up the phone in five years. Uh, we're going to find out that's Baldwin later. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I just wanted to like cut to Baldwin in that field chasing the demon girls. He just like stops to pick up his cell phone, but he can't get service. <laughs> yeah. like, no bars. No running bars. up little hills. <laughs> <laughs> And she asks if Cassie wants to call him. She's like, maybe you call him. He molested you. So like, maybe he'll answer yes, you. He has a thing for you. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> and then we cut from there to, to dinner with Danny. But PTSD Mike hasn't shown up, even though mom left a place for him. Oh. Um, instead, he's at his apartment and fat cop shows up to ask him out on a date. 
oh my God, this cop is if my citation needed character came to life and joined the police force. <laughs> I got, the a, got us these best friend bracelets. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> he is literally the Chris Farley interview sketch. Yes. You remember? Remember when you <laughs> did that? Remember when you were in Afghanistan? Sorry, stupid. stupid. <laughs> PTSD. Such an idiot. Sorry. Sorry. So, yeah. So, after a very awkward time at the door, they decided to go on a date together to a bar so they could relive their old wrestling glory days. And I, I love how <laughs> PTSD guy sort of opens up to cop guy. He's like, so, how'd you end up a cop instead of, you know... Hanging yourself, you know, because that seems like the path you were on, like not a full page, not a full page in the yearbook, but like a maybe a dedication. <laughs> but we learned that fat cop became a cop because he got beat up a lot in school. That's the most realistic moment in any Christian movie we've ever watched. But it's apropos of fucking nothing. He's like, hey, man, so why'd you become a cop? They put bees in my underwear. <laughs> Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> he actually says, I got bullied. Kids put mud in my hair. Then a teacher showed up and put more mud in my hair. <laughs> like, that, that was sad. I wanted a bunch of cops to run in into the bar and put mud in his hair. Just be like, arrest the kid assault, you fat fuck. What are you doing? Oh, guys, guys. Oh, eventually mud. he says, well, I feel like we've moved into anti-plot territory. So instead of my backstory, why don't you tell me about yours? And and then he just PTSDs a bit. <laughs> okay, but wait, he transitions to it because he's like, hey, man, like uh, you were the one who stood up for me when all the people bullied me. And I love you. <laughs> not he gonna, leans in. Not, sorry, sorry. I got that. I got to stop doing that. Not going to say anything back. Cool. So how'd you become a soldier? Like, <laughs> change subject. Subject change. And, and then all of a sudden, like the room grows smokier and more sepia toned. And Mike starts going, I killed motherfuckers. I killed them to death. I killed the life out of their life. <laughs> and his response is... Thank you on behalf yes. of America. <laughs> <laughs> what is the point of this stupid fucking scene? Uh, to make me the happiest I am physically, <laughs> chemically well, capable no, of being. No, no, that's the next part of this scene when Eric the drunk walks up to irritate PTSD Mike. Oh, my God. He's the, hey, man, I heard you were in Iraq. Did you kill a guy? What question? Question. What does a body look like in the moonlight? Can you still hear there? <laughs> Let me see you your PTSD. Come on, man. Just a little. Just to see how it feels. Freak out. Freak out. <laughs> how many nips did you kill? Come on, man. <laughs> Would I like you Is when you're angry? Tell me about white phosphorus and how you killed villages full of children. It's so fucked up. Yeah. This, this character is, ju he's just naming triggers for yes. veterans. That's his entire purpose here. You might as well sneak up behind him like Homer Simpson. Like, hey, you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask? Oh, sorry. Sorry. So, so Mike goes full PTSD, which according to this actor's choices means yelling like an angry rich lady that I told to fuck herself at a Toys R Us once. Um, and, and 
and then he punches the guy with slow motion, like he's painting a stripe along something or whatever. The guy falls down. His friend goes to his knees and says, dude, and I quote, you broke his face. You broke his <laughs> face. Doctor. He actually, he actually says, shoot. You, you yeah, broke right, his right. face. That was the actual line. Oh, oh man. His face is broken. <laughs> I liked that face. <laughs> I was going to take his face. So oh. lost the receipt. <laughs> so Crockett and Chubbs get the fuck out of there. And then they have the weirdest, most unrelated, yelly conversation you can imagine. Oh, my God. It's the best. First of all, he chases him for a solid seven minutes with Fat Cop trying to, A, <laughs> keep up with him without having a heart attack, and B, grab him like a New Jersey couple that just got in a fight at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and then when he finally catches him, he goes, look, Maybe I never killed anybody, but punching is wrong. Like, maybe I never. <laughs> what did I. This is where the movie's plot starts to, like, unseem like a universe falling apart in a time machine movie. Yeah. Well, that's the fucking thing, right? Because if he at least said that, it would make sense. They start having this completely unrelated conversation. Eventually, it's about God. But before it gets to God, the actual line from PTSD, Mike, is, and I quote, you haven't earned me the respect to tell me anything about my life or what I've done or who I've seen. Who I've seen? What? <laughs> I saw John Denver at an Arby's <laughs> in St. Louis, Missouri, motherfucker. You don't know who I've seen. And then John out Denver. Of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Old John Denver. <laughs> and then out of fucking nowhere, he's like, you know what? There is a God and he doesn't care about us. What? Who was talking about this? Nobody. He's just like, uh, apropos of nothing, God is real and he hates me personally. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck did any of this movie come from? And I've got to say, look, I mean, I don't mean to make light of PTSD. I know that's a very serious problem and I've never been in combat but it can't be worse than watching this actor try to do Rambo's shoeshine <laughs> boy speech from First Blood, can it? Also, we're not making fun of PTSD. Pretty sure PTSD is not like soapbox monologues about the problem of evil. Just like, loud Plus, noises and I just start talking about Bertrand Russell. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Mike runs him off, right? He's like, get away from me. Are, are you going to break a baby's face? <laughs> <if I leave? laughs> He's like throwing rocks at the cop like old yeller. He's like, go on, get, get. I'm going to sit here shivering and being crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Stephen Baldwin is there to be artsy again. By the way, Stephen Baldwin, every, every time we see him, he has like a Casio ambiance soundtrack going behind him. And this is where we see him waking up to his morning line of cocaine. Because you know what cocaine addicts love to do more than anything? It's cut up giant lines of cocaine and then not immediately snort. Save them for <laughs> later, right? You know what? This is a morning coke line. I can tell already. I'm going to wake up. Yeah. Uh, cocaine he and set coffee. it up. Yes, <laughs> like, 
Like he's got some crack baking up on a coffee machine <laughs> timer. Like what? And I swear, like at a certain point in this monologue, I started to wonder if Stephen Baldwin expected me to answer. Right? Like he's <laughs> acting like he, he's like, what are you going to? You're not. OK, I'm just going to do the whole fucking thing. All right, fine. Oh, I wrote, I feel like Stephen Baldwin is trying to sleep with me at a party in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Babe, God is a DJ. Life is a dance for a song where it's stupid. Damn it. Damn it. Life life is like a simile. I have more coke in my room. Great, great. Let's, okay, let's do that. What if we thought we knew all about ourselves, but it turned out our brother really was that much more talented than me? Wait, is that the line? (laughs) That's what I want to say. At one point, he uses the term, he says, or is God an infinite void of nothingness? If you say void of, you're already (laughs) digging yourself out of a hole with the next word, right? (laughs) Jesus. I feel like Baldwin just stood outside an ex-girlfriend's house with a boombox and blasted (laughs) this stupid monologue several times in his life. All right. Well, there's only so much linguistic butchery I can stomach all at once. So I'm going to need a quick break. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell. Will Kayla recover from her coma? Who is the main character? What is the plot? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the exponentially stupider conclusion of The Unmiracle. Hi, I'm Eli Bosnick, professional friend who freaks out and ruins the party. Has this ever happened to you? Dude. You sure there isn't, like, anything in this weed? Like, crack or something? Yeah, Yes, I'm sure nobody gave us free crack in our weed. Okay, but, uh, you sure, though? Yes. Then I've got a movie for you. The Unmiracle. Sure, it spends most of the movie talking about Jesus or something, blah, blah, blah. But its real message is that you are right to be freaking out. There was something in that weed. Everyone is mad at you. And that sound you just heard totally was the cops. Will you just tell me why you're mad? I know you're mad. I'm not mad. Just tell me why you're mad. Just tell me. Okay, I'm mad because you just yelled that in my ear. Knew it. See? The unmiracle. I'm going to take off my shirt. Don't take off your shirt. I'm taking off my shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Popped it. Hey, podcast listener, it's me, Carl Pagapagaquan. Do you like Jean-Claude Van Damme? Do you like Dennis Rodman? How about scuba gimps, secret retirement homes full of spies, and Mickey Rourke before he looked like a shaved horse? Well, then you'll love our July secular bonus episode exclusively for GAM patrons. Just listen to what you're missing. And yep. can we talk about how sad his cocaine body is? You can see <laughs> all of his veins like spelling out the word help, rearranging themselves. <laughs> I just love the idea that one guy's got to clean guns, one guy's got to load ammunition, the other guy's got to go down to the dollhouse store. You have anything I could make a little tiny roller coaster out of? <laughs> I need a Ferris wheel. Come on, Dave, don't fuck me on this. This is for the government. He's jailed. Commando spies are allegedly the last line of defense against global terrorism. And by the way, this was 1997. So great fucking job with that. Great job. (laughs) Crushing it. I'm pretty sure Van Damme believes in real life that he makes swoosh noises. Well, it's half bomb, half half baby. baby. He really kicks this tiger, right? (laughs) (laughs) So if you'd like access to that and 24 other bonus episodes, Head over to patreon.com slash godawful and pitch us as little as a dollar a show. 
You'll get the bonus episodes every month, the 25 bonus episodes we've already recorded, a version of the show with all the commercials at the end, so you don't got to hear them if you don't want to, plus MP3 downloads of all the songs we do. Throw us a little bit more, and you could get free Christian movie bingo cards, VIP tickets to our live shows, and more. So if you want to hear what happens when Jean-Claude Van Damme punches a lion, head over to patreon.com slash godawful. Patreon, if you don't give us money, we will literally starve to death. Still got some Baker bucket left. Ooh. So yeah, we'll starve to death. Even I won't eat that garbage. And we're back for more of this shit. We're going to pick up the action with Aaron the Nerd swinging by Dino's place to adopt him and make him his own. Yep. (laughs) And there's this great moment right at the beginning of the scene. Yes. He goes to the front door. Dino comes to the front door, opens it, and he goes, I heard you were missing. Are, are you? Yes. <laughs> what? And Dino's like, no, I, I'm here. In I'm front here. of you? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this is bad writing. So, yes. No shit. All right. So Dino invites um, Aaron in. And apparently we're supposed to know this, I guess, or intuit this, that Aaron and, and Dino are not friends. Dino's just some kid that bullies him. But Aaron's worried about it because he's such a good Christian. So he walks into Dino's house, which is, of course, filled with the red solo cups of sin and all the detritus of teenage parties. Uh, You mean the empty vegetable party platter i do (laughs) (laughs) this means this guy brought heroin and a party platter for the party uh we got no no meat or cheese you wouldn't want to be unhealthy about this party of heroin you're right it's broccoli he had a couple of different dips there too yeah Holy fucking shit. And there's no, like, there's no bongs or anything like that. This is a drug movie. It's about, but no, they brought a goddamn cheese plate to a fucking heroin party. Okay. Anyway, yeah, but his parents aren't around because he's a bad kid. And they just, like, they're just permanently gone to the point where apparently what they've, like, they've left him without food. Yep. Because Aaron's like, do you want to eat a meal? And he's like, oh, I could really go for a meal, but I don't have parents, so I have no way of obtaining food. Sustenance. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a heroin dealer. Can you convert money into food somehow? Is there a way to do that? <laughs> I don't know. My parents never explained it to me. And I, gone. I've got to be honest. I'm running out of beavers at the dam. And uh, yeah, I, I tried right. eating the money itself, but I don't... <laughs> Right, so the nerd kid Aaron offers him a place to crash at his house with with parents and everything. Yeah. He's like, and <laughs> Dino's like, no, man, I I have this entire house to myself. We're in high school. This is like the greatest thing that could possibly happen. No you don't understand? Shit. I have a heroin party every day. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, no. I mean, if you ever want some adult supervision, feel free to stop yeah. by. <laughs> right. <laughs> But but no, in this stupid fucking movie, Dino is so excited to have some like structure and Jesus in his life. that he's like, yes, I will now go live with you. 16 year old who's offered me a place to stay in his home indefinitely. And then on the way out, he's like, oh, hey, man, sorry about beating you up for the last 11 years in school. And and Aaron's like, it's cool. Don't worry about Party. it. That's cool. Party foul. Hey, man, you want to take a walk and talk about manslaughter together? I would. I'd I like that. I would, I would like, like, yes, I'd like that. Okay, I have to ask, because they're going from 
Dino's house to Aaron's house. Do they live in a video game map? Why are all their homes connected by weird forest paths and shit? A lazy video game where you got to retrace a bunch of shit. Yeah. The designers couldn't make new levels. Oh, really? The boss here is the same guy, but it's red. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> And right now, this is the moment in the movie where I realized that this film is about how all the cool kids are going to think you're pretty awesome eventually for all that loving Jesus and not doing drugs that you did. Oh, yeah, because they the least subtly possible is like, hey, man, just just for the record, you are really cool. So if anyone watching this movie isn't clear who the cool character is, uh, it's you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's like, how is is it that you're so awesome and cool? And he's like, it's Jesus. And Dino's like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And then he goes into the writer of this movie making his point, right? Like we've gotten to the moment where the writer can really <laughs> lay out his argument for Jesus, which includes the word. No, I'm sorry. Opens with the words. Logic is overrated. I believe in something higher. Yeah, that's where we're starting. We're starting at logic <laughs> is overrated. <laughs> Ultra logic. It's, yes. it's above. It's <laughs> hyper logic. What? He goes at one point, he's like, contradictions are okay in a paradoxical universe. And I'm like, you're right. In a world that cannot even be logically <laughs> imagined, your religion makes sense. Well done. Well argued, sir. Hitchens Con got nothing on you. Contradictions are cool because... I said the word paradox in my last sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, everything is real and nothing is real. And I'm trying to fuck Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. You don't well, have to try hard. You don't have to. Like um, putting and, on Uggs. Just <laughs> so <laughs> then we get sort of, and again, this is the whole point of the movie, right? This is what we've been building to this whole time. Because uh, uh, Dino goes, do you believe in miracles? And Aaron goes, I believe in unmiracles. And he says, what's that? He's like, it's the name of the movie, man. What the name fuck the, are you talking Name of the movie. Is Obviously. Because we couldn't call the movie when something terrible happens, it's your fault. Yes, yes. An unmiracle <laughs> is like when God does something evil as fuck, like murdering a baby with cancer, and then you think about it really hard, and you realize it was really you that created leukemia. What? <laughs> yep. God makes no sense. So if you think about it that way, he, he does make sense. <laughs> miracles. The you, argument from opposite day. Yeah. You know all the stuff atheists say? They're always wrong. They're correct. However, I, oh, oh, you're done? Yeah, okay. right, right. I was expecting him to just read out the ellipses at the I end said, of his point. said paradox earlier. I said, however, so they're wrong at the end. All right. Now we get the weirdest and most useless scene in this movie. Yeah. We filmed the this is, fattest dude in Wisconsin, y'all. This is the best. This is where I was like, oh, this is an amazing movie, right? Because we watch a lot of movies that are bad. And this is this is the scene where the movie was just like, no, we're the best. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start by meeting um, our magical black lady, who will also be the only character of color in this entire film. Yep. At all. 
and she will chirp nothing but black stereotypes. Mm, girl, when did I see you last? Would you like some sweet potatoes? You know my man. Yeah, oh, <laughs> she yes. might as well be like an escaped animatronic from the small world after all, right? <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to talk to um, o OD girl's mom, right? She, so OD girl's mom walks in and sees magical black lady. They know each other. And, and she's like, oh, we sure haven't seen you in church in a long time. I smell atheism upon you. <laughs> <laughs> and she, apropos of nothing, bad girl mom's just like, yeah, well, you know, I have cancer. What? <laughs> because why the fuck not? Her response, by the way, to I have cancer is immediately is I'm telling you. This is a test. Yep. Yep. Because God sometimes kills your kids and gives you cancer because he's such the good guy. The mom has this amazing line here. She goes, I understand that. I really do. I just don't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> what? Or is it yeah. the movie? That's the, this is or is it the movie? Yeah. No, hell yeah. Hell yeah. You nailed it. Um, and then they just, they start saying grace back and forth like Forrest oh Gump's buddy listing shrimp dishes. It's oh. the fucking best. <laughs> <laughs> they literally say it. I think like conservatively a dozen times each. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's like a state of grace. Let me repeat that. A state of grace. Did you say a state of grace? Grace, grace indeed. Grace. Grace, grace hopper. Great. Grass, <laughs> okay. No, no, you go. You go. Grace. Grace pudding. Grace pudding. is no, that's high. Not me. Grace is high. Grace is uh, high. Great. Amazing uh, grace. Grace and Frankie. Frankie Valley <laughs> in the four seasons. Seasons of the 525,006. Great. All right. Great. Grace Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like when we get the ad copy that we have to read at the end of our ads and they've put in one extra thing so we can never make it sound natural. It's just yes. always like beach body on demand, beach body on demand, beach body on demand. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. So now we cut to the cops and they're wrapping up the interrogation of, of Stiletto, the cocaine kid, right? They're, they're, they're interrogating him and his lawyer, but there's this long moment where these actors don't know whether the camera's rolling yet or not. Oh. Honestly, we might as well hear someone yell action because there's just this pause and then he goes, damn it, slam my fist down. <laughs> and, and, and then we cut to Aaron and Dino sitting in a candlelit room, either eating acid or fucking each other or both. Like oh. when else would you ever be in this room with a person? Why would you light a dozen candles if you're not going to fuck? And it's, crazy sexual he's like say it there's this way he's yeah. like okay sorry I'm, I'm jumping ahead i'm jumping ahead he says you know who that voice in your head is and he's like yeah and he's like say it and he's like i can't and he's like say, say it bitch it. Say it's it. the fucking <laughs> weird i was sexually uncomfortable and that is saying a lot <laughs> 
Well, and also the point is that the voice in the back of your head is Jesus talking to you. And I'm like, wow, Jesus thinks that I should be watching porn while I'm trying to get through this movie a lot. Yeah, I wrote, right? Jesus <laughs> thinks a lot of mean stuff about my wife's friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're crying again? Jesus. You did a sit-up every time you cried. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Listen to the voice in the back of your head. He just walks out and helps the Marine guy kidnap a child. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, it did not go well. But yeah, it's just like, say it. Say Jesus. Say uh, Jesus. Uh, no, I don't. I, like the whole, the whole scene could be asking for anal. The dialogue could be exactly the same. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, yeah, but, but this is, I guess, Dino getting off the drugs. Because at the end, we see him. He's got those three Excedrin, but he's not going to take them, damn it. <laughs> and then Danny calls, right? Danny calls Aaron, the nerd, and he's like, hey, man, Stiletto needs to see Dino. I hope you're keeping up, guys. Because <laughs> honestly, when was the last time we mentioned Danny? Yeah. Right? You he, you forgot about him. He was PTSD, Mike's little brother that gave the girl the drugs that later on. She's one of the three people. Anyway, so yeah. So Danny calls and he's like, hey, me and Stiletto need to see Dino. And we heard that you adopted Dino and he's at your house now, right? Can can we come over in the semi-dark and talk this out? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What the fuck? This whole scene's in the, like, why would they not turn on a light to talk to each other in a building? It's like, <laughs> so stupid. And at one point they have to be like, kill the lights. Somebody's coming, but they're already in the dark. Yes. So they, have, they have to then hit a switch have nothing happen, make a weird, <laughs> awkward editing cut and go back to the same darkness that they were already in. And apparently they have a light switch that operates a very dim bulb on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> right. So instead of Dino doesn't come, Aaron shows up instead. And he's like, look, Dino's cleaned up and stuff. So who he didn't didn't overdose or murder or whatever that doesn't that's in the past. But Stiletto ain't hearing that shit because he thinks Aaron's a narc. So he pulls out a knife. It is not a stiletto, though. <laughs> I mean, he finally not. has a fucking knife and they don't give him a stiletto. He should have pulled out a heel and just <laughs> <laughs> held it I, out his throat. He pulls out the stiletto and then he's like, I, actually, let me let me stop this murder to challenge you with some anti-apologetics. Yes. Because what? I really <laughs> uh, find religion to be the opiate of the masses. My name is Stiletto. <laughs> truth is loneliness and despair and peer-reviewed studies. Allow me to read a speech by John Galt, please. <laughs> Fuck you. And again, because it's a Christian movie, they have to be obsessed with the word brainwashed, even though nobody said it. It's like, I'm not brainwashed. I'm not brainwashed. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, and this goes on long enough that I want Stiletto to stab this kid by the end of it, right? Like he's <laughs> like, okay, I, well, you brought Jesus up out of nowhere, but I'm gonna be a dick now. And then just as Stiletto's about to stab, uh, and, and they have this whole conversation where he's like, "You're alone in this world, Aaron. There is no God." And he's like, "I'm not alone. You're alone in this world. I'm not alone." And just no, then, no, I'm literally not yes, alone. Yeah, PTSD, right. <laughs> PTSD guy is here. He was. <laughs> Hiding in the shadows in your house? How long has he been there? What was the plan? The the plan was to have the Marine 
wait in the dark until the right conversational moment for impact. Like, <laughs> man, I feel like I should just show up with you right away. Like, I can beat the guy. He's probably going to take a knife. No, 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 no. We need to get him. He's got to give a speech about atheism first. Right. We'll really get him. And apex predators and whatnot. So they have, and of course, everyone in this movie, when they see PTSD, Mike, they're like, oh my God. So Mike, I, I love your show. Dude, you are so cool. You still, still in the army or like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was in the middle of murdering your little brother and his friend. But just, <laughs> <laughs> ah, now I'm murdering in front of Mike. Am I doing it right? I mean, you probably murdered a lot more people than me. <laughs> Uh, am I going to have PTSD? Are we going to like be PTSD friends? Is that weird? <laughs> that would be cool. I feel that like I'm cool with I feel like I'm talking me. to Obama. <laughs> so and cool. then of course, PTSD Mike is all like, oh yeah, I bet you won't stab me in the neck with your knife. Here's my neck. Won't stab that's, me. That's not the first shot. They were going no. for, I'll give you the first shot. But yeah. if someone ever offers you the first shot of stab me in the neck, that it that is the entire conflict if that person allows you to stab them in the jugular i just god damn it how good would this movie be if stiletto just was like oh i mean okay um so but no ptsd mike makes stiletto his bitch and then sends him away and then and then he he takes food out of his fridge? Okay, this movie lost track of whose house they were supposed to be at. Absolutely. Because he goes in and he grabs a beer and then him and Danny have a fight in drug dealer's house? I t- <laughs> Cause, yeah, because like they're right after this, they're back at a different house. But at this moment, I was like, oh, is like he making a point right now? Just like <laughs> taking leftovers in his face and like slowly <laughs> announcing each thing like rack of ribs. Suck it. <laughs> Leftover mac and cheese. God's not dead. He's surely alive. You're stupid. <laughs> so. Yeah, so then they go to the kitchen where Danny uh, can fill Mike in on several disparate plot points as though the movie doesn't know we've been watching all of these points take place. Oh. Right, like a, like a better written movie, we cut in at the end of this confession. And Mike, PTSD Mike, is like disappointed in him. He's like, I'm your brother. I'm here for you. And I just wrote, Man who kidnapped a child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yesterday? <laughs> Day before yesterday. When did that guy kidnap a child? <laughs> so, yeah, he slept it off. He's- yeah, well, right. No, clearly. Um, And this is where, like, uh, uh, Danny has to admit that he stole some of Mike's pills and gave them to his girlfriend. Right. And the brother gets mad. And he's like, yeah, stop stealing my pills and killing your girlfriend with it because she also takes heroin. <laughs> and Danny's like... Well, you never come to dinner with me. Oh my god! <laughs> right, like he's like he's like well, you're you're never there for me. You're too busy with your post traumatic stress disorder, and you're just like, wait, no, dude, that you can't do that. And then Mike starts pushing Danny, but Danny is wearing a goddamn body, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> And then he grabs his brother's wrist and slaps himself with it. Oh, what? And yeah. Limp wrist was invented for this moment <laughs> of the movie. He's like, eh, eh. Stop hitting myself. Oh, yeah. Stop <laughs> hitting myself. <laughs> so. and, and you can see both actors get really confused. They're like, is this 
how the saying goes? Bro? I don't feel like Am I supposed to be hitting myself with your hand? This is really... <laughs> cut? Should we cut? What's happening? It's like the Dutch rudder of brother fights. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, okay. So now these two... <laughs> I'm just picturing these two doing the Dutch rudder and getting it wrong. They're just jacking each other off. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, no, don't Wait. hold on, but... All right, so now these two cops, the the uh, officer McKenzie and his boss, show up to arrest Dino. Now both of these men are enormously large, and the two of them sitting in a car together is just comical on its own. Oh my god, them trying to get out of the car like their <laughs> cheeks are pressed together, and yeah. okay, I go, <laughs> you lean forward and hold your breath, and I'll undo my seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pooping. Ow, ow, ow. Okay. Too far. Too far. So, so much and, to ask for a 16-wheeler. And he says, he says, come on, we're going to go in and arrest one of the main characters. And he says, but we don't have a warrant, Sarge. I'm like, why would they not just get a a warrant? It's a recreational arrest. <laughs> <laughs> but they So they show up at Aaron's house, but Aaron won't let him in. He puts his do- uh, his arm over the door. And he says, like, let me see your warrant. And they're like, fuck, we just said in the thing. God damn That's it. That's crazy. We were just talking about that. That's so funny. <laughs> Did you hear us? You, you heard us, right? You heard us. Talk. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we, He's no. not moving his arm. He's not no, moving let, his arm. There's nothing let, we can do. Let me, <laughs> yeah, let, me right. arrest, let me arrest your friend anyway. I saw him in the window. Yes. Uh, we're white. Oh, yeah, they are white. Uh, I didn't know that police work was on manhunt rules. Like I saw I got you with the flashlights. <laughs> so but then the nerd guy, he says, Hey, you know what? I'm the one that gave the girl heroin, and in this state, you can't arrest somebody for drugs if they call nine one one during an overdose. By the way, that's true. That's actually a law in twenty states. Yep, it is. I I think I just found a workaround if we ever become heroin dealers. Hey, man, you got the stuff? You know it. Six pounds of pure Bolivian heroin. You got the money? I sure do. Cash, non-sequential bills, just like you told me. Oh, shit, it's the cops. Qu- quick, quick, eat this heroin. What? That's just a brick of heroin, man. Just trust me, trust me. Eat this heroin. Okay, okay all right, all right. Well- uh, hello, nine one one. Yeah, my my friend just overdosed on heroin. Yeah, two two one River Drive. Freeze on the ground, dirtbags. Too late. Friend is overdosing. Can't get me. Ah ah. Wait, did you call nine one one yet? Yep, already called nine one one. They're on the phone. Ah, damn it. Okay, get out of here. You can go. I know. Help me in a second, no. man. I got away. So, all right. So, but yeah, but the Sarge is like, fuck, there's nothing we can do here. So he's like, just begrudgingly shows him his dick and walks away. And You're then- under arrest for 911. Too slow. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the music here is, I just kissed the girl and won the big game as the cops walk away. It's like, bam, 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 da, da, bam. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then Aaron and Dino go back to the fuck dungeon so that Dino can tell Aaron how cool he is for being a Christian so much but breaking the rules to be a christian he's like hey uh aaron didn't you just technically lie to those cops and he's like yeah yeah i did but i pr- proved the 
A- atheist wrong from before. Remember the drug? <laughs> yeah. Guys, tell, let's you're tell not, him. You're not let's tell him. Well, and then th- th- that's the other thing too. This is how lazy this fucking movie is. Is that like in if you go all the way back in the scene where she got the heroin, Dino handed it to the geeky kid who lo- looks at it and he's like, "What did you just hand me?" And then the girl takes it. So he wasn't lying. Jesus will be okay with it. Oh, oh wow! They really. Really, they they definitely thought about that. that yes, that's oh yes, yes, absolutely. That's what they did. Yep. This movie makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that's what I was just thinking. That was actually my opening note for this weird fucking Dino stumbling around all drug needingly scene we were about to do. Is boy, does this make sense? <laughs> and he grabs a pair of scissors and a pill bottle. Yes. Like, and, and Aaron breaks in. I wanted him to come in. He's just covered in paper snowflakes. <laughs> so much scrapbooking, man. So much scrapbooking. Yeah, I was so confused by that. Like, what the fuck is this guy going to do with those fabric scissors that yes. he just found? Like, he just puts the scissors in a spoon, tries to melt them the rest of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, but unfortunately, so he went looking through the bathroom for drugs and he apparently found the the, the crazy making hair cutting shower in your jeans drugs that mom keeps for special occasions. Yeah, okay. If if he found more drugs, shouldn't he be fine now? Right. It's supposed to be about he's he's having withdrawal, but he finds drugs. Yeah. Mom has a drug that makes you extra withdrawal. (laughs) What would that be? Anti-heroin. Yeah, that's oh. <laughs> where they two meet. Um, Mom walks in, just grabs the last pill out of the bottle. She sits down in the cold shower with him like, oh, cool. <laughs> I didn't know you guys party. Cool. Cool. You guys pass, shivering? Pass the scissors. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but he's used those to cut off all his hair um, because that's what happens when you hit rock bottom in a movie is you cut your hair in some way. Um, and that that's when Aaron's like, okay, I can't handle this guy myself. I need to take Dino to see the Sorbs. Yeah, that's we're back right. to Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. 14 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> we're including gonna, the credits. <laughs> we're going to bring it back around. Because you know what? This movie was perfect. It is perfect. <laughs> but it did need the world's most poisonous message to make it a perfect god-awful movie. Right? Yes. But yeah, the message here is that you are powerless to stop addiction unless you're a Christian. Yep. Only yeah. God can stop you from doing drugs. By giving your mom cancer? Well, okay, yeah. Yeah, they, well, they, we got to go back to the whole unmiracle thing, right? Because like we move from there to mom and the older sister sitting with coma girl, and they're looking on the bright side of the coma, which is apparently the fact that mom has cancer. <laughs> Yeah, she literally opens with this. She's like, hey, this coma is actually pretty great. Like you, me, your sister getting together. We got to do this more often. It's just, oh, it's so nice to see you girls. I have cancer again. I have cancer. <laughs> not I have pretty. cancer. It will, it will not relate to the movie, but. Just... <laughs> Cut over to God calling 911. I gave a lady cancer. <laughs> <laughs> My friend has too much cancer. Overdosed on carcinogens. Uh, so... <laughs> And I also, because the mom's like, um, it's it's one of what I call an unmiracle. And the um, sister's character is like, 
what's that? And the mom's like, well, an unmiracle is like, she's no, no, the watch you're holding. I don't give a fuck about the religious thing. I loved her so much in that moment. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and I just, I, okay. So this watch becomes a thing right now because you know, you're 11 minutes from the end of this movie. Why not introduce a new plot element that'll resolve in the next 11 minutes? Um, so mom says, I have this watch and it's broken, but I bet if we all pray for it to work, the watch will start working again. Right. And bad sister's like, do you maybe want to save those prayers for my sister? Who's like, oh, she's, right, she's right next to you. Let's handle her first and then move on to, you know, household objects. Right? I, got, I got a phone that's not really keeping its charge as much as it used to, but let's handle that after, after sis. So, yeah. So and then mom's like, yeah, I got this watch. I also have cancer. The daughter's like, why? That would convolute the hell out of this story. And the mom's like, right. And then coma girl wakes up. Oh, wakes up <laughs> as though the writers realized they had written themselves into a corner. She's like, oh, oh you guys can stop talking. You can stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm awake and totally fine. Like you are after a week long coma. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But she has an oxygen mask on at this point, and she tries to talk the lines they gave her through this, but they yes. didn't think through, like, oh, we should have her somehow <laughs> take off this oxygen mask. So she just gets visibly frustrated, tries to talk through it, and then they cut. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, okay, so now uh, the Kayla goes back to school. So we get the scene of her showing back up at school, and a bunch of random people run up and touch her a lot. But she pushes back from the riffraff. She's what? Okay. Can don't get me wrong. I loved every second of this scene. What was it supposed to be? Because it looks like her slow motion trying to get a football into the touchdown zone. And her ex-boyfriend is her like enemy quarterback or something. I don't. (laughs) Because she's just, she's like stiff arming kids out of the way. And then she <laughs> throws a book in the air. Danny catches it and she kicks him in the ball. Like, what the fuck? I, I am so fascinated by how you think football works now that the quarterback would be standing there in front of the touchdown zone. You got to get the other quarterback. From- you got to get the football and then you <laughs> so- tackle the other quarterback. <laughs> while you're yes. holding it that's it yeah all right yeah but they well they have this whole moment where she's standing in the hallway and she's looking to danny her boyfriend and then over to aaron the guy who saved her life both of whom have already admitted that they're attracted to her and they're like "Ooh, which will she go to and then she just turns left and doesn't go towards either of them but in reality this girl walks over to danny and goes so you have any Ritalin? Because I'm back out of <laughs> <laughs> Some more Ritalin Well, now. And also because this scene was so poorly done, we have to have a scene immediately after it where she just explicitly rejects him. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but before we get to that, we have to like get to her coming up to Aaron at lunch. Because, you know, look, if there's one thing we know about high school, it's the, the nerdy, sober Christian dude always gets the girl. So we have to establish here that she recognizes he's the real deal, right? She she says, thanks for saving my life. And his response is, anytime. What? Anytime is not the proper response <laughs> to thanks for saving my life. Oh, trust me. I'll do it again. So- my pleasure? Uh, that was weird. No doubt, girl. Nope. Too ambitious. I can't pull that off. Nope. And again, real world, she so offers him his first hand job, right? Like, she's like, okay, save my life. Come on. 
No, that doesn't happen in the real world, Eli. Um, and, and, and then, and just at that very moment. In my fantasy real world. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and at that very moment, her watch just started working, which would have made that, which would have been so much goddamn better if she was giving him a hand job. Right. Thank you. The there hand you job could have wound the watch and then, yeah, it would, uh, but no, but yeah, because Jesus has nothing more important to do. He's like, oh, you're alive. I guess I can fix that watch, huh? Also, <laughs> one watch tells the time in Sri Lanka. Yep. They never explained that. Nope. She has two watches. So we have introduced one MacGuffin 30 seconds ago, but now there's two on her wrist. One of which tells the time in Sri Lanka. This is the point in the movie where I had like charts and graphs. I was just right, Sri Lanka Sri written Lanka in the wall, question mark. <laughs> I'm tying it with string to pictures of Asian extras in the background. <laughs> no, you're not. There were no Asian extras in the background of no. this film. All right. So now we have to get that explicit scene where Kayla comes out and says, no, 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 no. I'm no longer with you because I because because the Christian is the guy that I end up fucking at the end. Duh. Right. <laughs> right. And she explains that she only went out with him because, you know, he's getting her pills. And he's like, uh, super don't care. Super, <laughs> yeah, super duper. Right. Don't, I only got you pills because you touched my penis. So like, I'd be like <laughs> we were both doing the thing that was working for us. It's amazing because that is genuinely what happens. She's like, no, no, you don't understand. I was, I was using you, and he's like, yeah, I was really fine with that. I was using I you. <laughs> no, that's the basis for all relationships. I don't know, like, really think about it for a second. But <laughs> second, if you if you want, we can pretend that we stimulate chemicals in each other's brains in a different way. But I'm, I'm telling you that we are just having mammalian reactions in a slightly different variation. I really am okay with this. Like, don't have to stop. <laughs> Yeah, and then, of course, this spiel turns into a Jesus spiel because it's this movie, so any two people allowed to talk long enough will be saying Jesus shit out of nowhere. Yep. Um, but the key is she's breaking up with him, right? They're no, she needs some time. <laughs> right, she's giving him that, like, sad speech, like, yeah, so I'm setting up this, this region, I, I guess you could call it an area for good friends. Like, uh, <laughs> Like a friend zone, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, take this heroin. What? Are, I don't. Oh, whatever. Is that don't. like? Is that like a touchdown zone? Is it the same kind of a? Concept? Please keep touching my penis. You're not even the other quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie's not over. Still, now she's on a train, and I'm like, is she going to Sri Lanka? <laughs> <laughs> she's on a train, dressed like a rushing nesting doll, to go see. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. She's she had a train to Soviet Russia, apparently, in the past because she's wearing a hobo outfit. It's it's pretty ridiculous. I don't understand yeah. <laughs> what, what that. Well, actually, she's going to Metropolis where her estranged father lives. So we cut to Stephen Baldwin and he's like 30 seconds into this scene. We learn that this is the position that Stephen Baldwin uses for praying. The rest of us use it for getting railed in the ass. Absolutely. He is praying or taking it in the ass. And you can do both. I just want to say. <laughs> Multitasking. Could have been weepy Pilates. Some people do cry. <laughs> weepy Pilates, yeah. They try to do Pilates for a minute and it's way too hard for them and they have to give up. And that happens to some people. And then you, you just have a good consolation cry. I get it. But yeah, but he's... <laughs> 
But he's praying and he's demanding that God give him a sign. Maybe an unexpected daughter or something. Little something we call daughter ex machina. Yeah, right. (laughs) And just then there's a knock on the door. And I so wanted it to be God going, fucking what? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus at the door. Hi. Hi. Doing a door to door thing now. Um, Okay. You be good? Or do you need like a miracle? Are you in that Marine just hoarding babies together? What's going on (laughs) there? You have a, it's like a pallet. I feel like you're stacking them. That's weird. (laughs) But no, it's his daughter dressed like a a Russian peasant. And I want to point out that according to this movie, he has not seen this girl in five years, right? So she was 12 the last time. There's no way he could recognize this as his daughter. He just sees the 16 year old girl and starts crying and hugging her. And because he's like, oh, they remembered it was my birthday. Alec, you sent me what I wanted. (laughs) Get in the bird costume. (laughs) Now remember, I'm a dead moose. But (laughs) But you're not sure of that at first, so you only take little bites. Nobody ever forgets you're a dead moose, Stephen. Nobody ever forgets you're a dead moose. Get in the costume. You're ruining this. (laughs) And I should point out too Because I say he cries and starts hugging her But he does the this weird low hug Right like he goes to his knees And hugs her with his head around her her waist Like in vagina sniffing distance Like watching a weepy Stephen Baldwin Low hug a teenage girl Is the most disturbing thing I have ever experienced And I live in Georgia now Yeah it's Folgers coffee commercial upsetting It's (laughs) It is my background on my computer now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Then we cut back to K-Sorbs and Dino again because this movie's still not over. Right? So Dino has to have more like, I used to do drugs, but maybe you can help me, Kevin Sorbo lines. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) The movie's trying so hard to just be like, okay, so atheism, heroin. Atheism, heroin. here's a Dawkins book here's a bag of heroin and here's a knife for some stabbing (laughs) these things are being juxtaposed and what's amazing is that Kaysorb's only answer is Jesus to no matter what Dino says Dino's like I did some bad Jesus no what I'm saying is that like I had a lot of Jesus Jesus. (laughs) okay but now I'm addicted to like I have a chemical Jesus Jesus (laughs) okay (laughs) But it turns out that the real answer is that Dino needs to go to the police department to turn himself in for the giving the girl heroin, which may or may not have consequences. We have no way of knowing. No, we just see him get sent to wait again. It's like, wow, this is a long, this is a busy week of people who gave heroin to Kayla Stevens. He's, oh, God, can I... Can I listen to something on my phone? Like, is there? A, so, can you give me one of those buzzy things they have at TGI Fridays? No. So, and and just then, like somebody's cousin's song they promised to use kicks in while he's sitting there oh, waiting. You mean roast song? It's like, look at that girl over there. She's so fat and fucking stupid. I was like, is there a roast going on in the background? But then it's like, but Jesus loves her. And I was like, oh, all right, there we go. Jesus loves her. But the first verse of this is just like, fuck you, Michelle. It really is. All right. So, and, and like, honestly, this goes on for so long that I'm like, 
are the credits supposed to be playing here? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, I was say, don't get don't get me wrong. It's not like they don't fuck up the credits. They just don't do it here. They have the greatest credits ever is what you meant to say. I think. Oh, yes. They no, have, I no argument. Oh, we'll get. To, so they're all at church. <laughs> yeah, the church is throwing a main characters party. <laughs> yes, the rap party. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin looks comes up and the bad mom is like, you look terrible. And he's like, I mean, I'm, I'm Stephen Baldwin. So yeah, I do. <laughs> that's not even your line in the movie. You're supposed to say, good to see <laughs> it's you. It's nice to see you again. Sure. And, and what, <laughs> what was wrong with his talking in throughout? The, maybe it's, it's just him. He's bad at talking. I don't know. Cause he's like, I haven't been sleeping much. I, and then he, he pauses <laughs> yes. like, like he's waiting for a laugh track to kick in at like an old <laughs> comedy. I don't know. Yeah, he has. He's. I think he's going for the Christopher Walken pause thing, but he's just he's on five and seven, right? Yeah. And, he's, and he explains to his wife in that weird halting manner that God is talking to him through his dreams. And she's like, oh, good. It's a sign of insanity. But according to us, it's a desirable quality. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now K-Sorb's. Gives a little quick sermon, and then he's like, and ladies and gentlemen, a musical guest you've never heard of that we managed to get for this movie. Thank ladies you. Ladies and gentlemen, Hootie and the Bluefish. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is time for the credits. Well, okay, we, we should point out here that Stephen Baldwin is going to monologue all the way through the credits and then some, right? Like, you've got to imagine he's still in a studio somewhere finishing this. So they have the roll-up credits, they have the appearances by credits, and they have a gag reel slash extra scene thing slash Steven's monologue all happening at the same time. It is genuinely all possible credits happening simultaneously. There is literally a point, and I can never, there's no way with words that I can give you the kind of pleasure that I experienced when I first realized this was happening. But there is literally a moment at the end of this movie where the credits are running over the credits. Yes. Yeah. Were, were, were those credits for the people who made the credits of the credits like, they, they get into a, get they confuse themselves a wait a minute if this movie wasn't made by all mooses hold on <laughs> if this movie <laughs> was if this movie was satire these final credits are oh. genuine comic genius oh absolutely this is the funniest thing i have ever seen in film that wasn't on purpose uh, right, we, and i'm stealing this and so we should be clear here. So, like, you know how at the end of some movies, there's a little thing that like will show Stephen Baldwin. It'll say Stephen Baldwin, and then it'll cut to like they're all at the same dance or whatever together, and it'll say, "Oh, there's Kevin Sorbo." Kevin Sorbo will come up. They're still doing that, and the credits are rolling up over those, and the narration is over <laughs> all of it. Yes. <laughs> and throughout that, we get to watch during Stephen Baldwin's weird narration. We're watching Stephen Baldwin sitting in silence, being confused by hearing his own voice. <laughs> like, like I really think they were playing his narration over the PA in this set. And he was just like, that is fucking weird. I don't have a line right now, but I, I feel like I have a line. Am I supposed to be... Moving my mouth. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
peas and would, carrots, peas and carrots. I would, I would like to fuck this guy in on this PA system. He is, yeah. <laughs> also, one last thing on the credits. The final credit was Jim, an alcoholic. Oh, of yep. fucking course. It End was. of credits. Wow, I can't believe I missed that. All right, well. No need to ask you guys the moral of the story. That's pretty fucking obvious. When it seems like God is just fucking with you and being a dick, it's actually that he's awesome and you suck. So with that in mind, we'd like to take a look at the lighter side of the Holocaust. Fellas, what do you reckon God was shooting for with the whole Holocaust thing? Uh, I'm going to go, go with less Jews, right? Like that's what... <laughs> that's... Allegedly. Um, what about... Uh... <laughs> Okay, well, no, this is a good one. So, you know, when an argument on the internet gets too hyperbolic, we have an official rule for that. (laughs) That's good. Like the Holocaust really tidied up the internet, I would say. (laughs) There you go. All right, well, that's going to do it for our review of The Unmiracle, but that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to wind you up for next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Bible Man, episode four, The Incredible Force of Joy. Because we cannot get enough of that man's penis through the spandex. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 154 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode and a monthly bonus episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing A, the Citation Needed, and The Skeptic Crowd available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm no illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Sadly, Pretty much none of the things we want to put inside of Neil Gorsuch are made legal by a 911 phone call. (laughs) Speak for yourself. Kayla's mom died of cancer, even though it didn't advance the plot. Stephen Baldwin found out he was in this movie by searching for himself on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) They had a camera in that room? Eli has herpes. (laughs) I do have herpes. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.